0: You're listening to the B Fox and B Frank Show, and got to start the show. Tip my cap to uh, the Fighting Herms. Arizona State believed in them, and they followed through. Uh, First real big upset of the year. I feel like taking down a top 15 team in Michigan State and Herm Edwards' second game ever.
1: This, I mean, this was as big a stunner as you can get. I think (laughs) everyone, including us, like discounted Herm Edwards. Okay, I'll give I think you picked Arizona State to win that game.
0: I did, but, but we yeah. all
1: discounted him to the fact of he didn't even know what recruiting was essentially and and has just seemed to be a figurehead more than an actual coach and here he is with premier clock management better than we've seen in most NFL games and he beats Michigan State.
0: Yeah, I mean, I definitely hand the hired. We made fun of that plenty, Um, but then it kind of got to the point of liking Arizona State, ironically, because all indications from the point he was hired were kind of pointing to Herm is just going to flame out spectacularly, and that can still happen. We're only two games into his tenure, but Kind of feel like rooting for him now because, as we've said, nothing would like throw the college football world and powers that be into chaos than somebody like this who didn't know what recruiting was—that there was wasn't like some sort of draft for schools choosing players. Um, didn't know what Arizona State's mascot was. Yeah, um, hilariously, but. Yeah, he's uh the first two games against uh Texas San Antonio and, and MSU, they've really placed a premium on controlling the line of scrimmage, and Mikhail Harry is one of the best wide receivers in the country.
1: Yeah, I, I mean it helps to have a player like him. He it's crazy because he's the best coach in Arizona right now. Kevin Sumlin has gotten off to a disastrous start at Arizona and I mean, the, what, there are no other teams. I mean, Northern Arizona could be in the talks because they've actually won a game, but they're FCS.
0: Yeah, I, Kevin Sumlin, uh, hot seat. Yeah, yes, is uh, going to be a recurring segment this year too. It seems because
1: this is like, he, we missed him. We missed him for zero games. I mean, he, he is already coming, like
0: so. It, thought he might like fly under the radar, kind of giving Arizona some sleeper love um, mm-hmm. early the season. So, I mean, you still have Khalil Tate, like if nothing else. Yeah, but he has just been completely wasted on that team. Um Yeah, like it's just it's been brutal back to back weeks for Arizona. But getting back to the topic at hand, Arizona State now again only two games, but. If you're looking for a Pac-12 South sleeper, I think this is the, the Arizona school you got to look at.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I uh, had said to look at Arizona because of Khalil Tate, and I actually thought Kevin Sumlin would be a perfect match <laughs> for him, as we've seen with explosive athletic quarterbacks. Hasn't been the case thus far, but I mean, I think, I think we'd get kudos for being in the right state at least.
0: It's yeah, there. I mean, there are so very many Pac 12 state could have gone anywhere. Um, yeah, but that, that, was the, that was the big upset of the week. Um, the other big Pac 12 game, uh, conference game we highlighted last week, uh, that one I was dead wrong on. Stanford just suffocating USC, Bryce Love getting back on track after a, a fairly disastrous opener. Um, and Stanford's defense, again, three turnovers, picked off JT Daniels twice. USC scored three points. I mean, just never really seemed like they mustered a threat. Yeah,
1: and it's it's one of those things where if this game is played in November, U, USC probably wins it, I think. Or at least it's a significantly closer game because even though it was a 17-3 final, it never really felt like USC was threatening too much.
0: Yeah, you got to score points to win, which kind of uh, goes against terms, basic ideologies, as yeah. most game quotes have shown. Um, but, I mean, especially against a, a team like Stanford you're only going to get so few opportunities, it's not like USC couldn't gain yards, but like costly turnovers, bad times, just empty possessions, that's really not going to get it done. So no matter who's been the coach of, of Stanford, whether it's Harbaugh or Matt David Shaw, they're always going to be extremely fundamentally sound, technically sound team. And if you make mistakes, they're always going to take advantage. And that's pretty much exactly what happened.
1: Yeah. And, and like you said, Bryce Love got back on track against, I'm going to say a pretty bad USC run defense. Bryce Love is very good, but UNLV is not. And they to put up 300 yards on them so they've got to get that figured out very quickly otherwise it's going to be a long season for usc but kind of going back to the trojans offensively they are desperately missing ronald jones they have no run game whatsoever and it's putting so much pressure on a true freshman quarterback
0: yeah and uh I mean it doesn't doesn't make anybody feel better to see Ronald Jones kind of languishing and right. uh Bucks depth chart not really making any headway. I mean it really hurts seeing Sam Darnold uh just go off in his first NFL game against mm-hmm. the Lions. Certainly could have used him for this one, but I mean he's very clearly pro ready. Um but yeah, I I agree with you. It's very early in the season to be playing a conference game and if this did happen later in the season or who knows? It's still possible that uh, that they can meet again in the Pac-12 uh, title game. Then, I mean, maybe it'll be a different result. I would at least think it would be more competitive because certainly USC is the vastly younger team at key positions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. Um, you know the SEC, Georgia, South Carolina. I mean, Georgia's just a wagon. This oh, yeah. Is a, <laughs> this is another one. Thought a, uh, thought a 10 point spread might be doing South Carolina a little bit of a disservice at home. It was not. It, anything, is the other way around. Um, I mean, Georgia just came out. Jake Fromm really didn't even have to do that much. Um, yeah. They just ran the ball down South Carolina's throats again and again. Uh, I think they ran something like 52 times. And I mean, South Carolina is still, I think, one of the better teams in the SEC East. So for Georgia to just go in and and blow them out by 24 points on the road really should worry the rest of the division and certainly the rest of the country.
1: Yeah, this was a monster game, especially for the three-headed beasts in the backfield. Like Georgia just literally taps a guy on the shoulder, says get out there, go run the ball, and that's all they do. Like From is From is Ian Book, but to a obviously better level where they let him throw the ball. But all he does, two step hand off the ball, two step hand off the ball, sit in the shotgun hand off the ball. Like it's it's actually incredible. And even when he doesn't, and they let him pass it, he's unbelievably efficient with it. Yeah, he did have an interception this week, but fifteen of 18, 194 yards and a touchdown is a pretty darn good week for just about anybody.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty low-pressure gig um, yep. when you have just an actual stable of running backs behind you and that defense. But it's not like Jake Frum isn't also very extremely good at playing quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that's going to gonna cause issues for teams all year, and we'll have to see who the team is that actually figures it out and, and, and devises some sort of effective plan to to limit this run game. Um, through two weeks, nobody, which is not super surprising considering it's only been one actual game. I mean, we're at this point, we're just kind of penciling in Georgia Alabama and the SEC championship game. You would think that might be the place where we'd see it. But uh, so far, I mean, Georgia has been extremely impressive and very clearly the playoff contender that we all thought they would be.
1: Yeah, and and we haven't even talked. Their defense was really good. Jake Bentley's a good quarterback for South Carolina, and Debo Samuel's obviously one of the best playmakers. They held him in check with just six catches for 33 yards, and Bentley had two picks, I think. Both went for pick sixes. At least one of them did.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, which is – Really, what Georgia's been known for, too. Um, yeah. it, the offense has kind of developed a little more um, under Kirby Smart, which is a little ironic because that's never been his forte. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the defense is what we thought it was, and basically what it always was under Mark Richt. Um, it's it's still these are still Georgia teams crafted in Rick's image. Um, very strong defense and a ridiculous running back or running backs. Um, sometimes you'll get a guy like uh, Matthew Stafford back there, um, Aaron Murray, Jake Frum, who does a little bit more from the quarterback position, but those two first points have always been there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now, I mean, they're just loaded at every position.
1: Yeah, it's, it's actually ridiculous to just watch this team play. Like, anytime they get the ball or, you know, come up with a big play on defense. It, it doesn't surprise you just because they're just so talented and you, you're curious how there can be teams that are better in college football. And there still is at least one, there might be two, but definitely Maybe. one.
0: Okay. Maybe we'll see. Okay. I mean, you would, you would certainly, you would certainly think so. Um, yes, but looking ahead, um, One big SEC game next week, Um, Coach O, LSU, really really, two teams that had arguably uh, the most impressive wins of week one, LSU going to Auburn. Um, So it'll be a a quarterback duel between Jarrett Stidham, who I think we both agree is the best quarterback in the SEC, and Mm -hmm. Joe Burrow, who has exceeded the very, very, very low bar LSU quarterbacks. Um, at Auburn, who you liking in this one?
1: Love Auburn. Uh, it pains. It's always tough to pick against Coach O because you know he's just going to get the guys up to play. But Auburn at home is a very tough team to beat. Auburn with a good quarterback at home is a very tough team to beat. And they've got a superior run defense, which is just going to force Joe Burrow to make plays. And I don't know if he hasn't in him yet.
0: No. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, Coach O, in in that regard, like you were just saying, kind of strikes me in the same vein as Tom Herman. And this is mm. not, not the biggest compliment because no. you're absolutely right. They're going to be jacked up just like they were for Miami. But uh, just because they're much- jacked up doesn't mean anything. Right, but also the uh, like the game last week they they won it wasn't close, but they didn't play anybody it looked very lackadaisical out there, and that was mm-hmm. kind of the tone of uh, post game press conference. Um, that's that's kind of going to be the key to his mm-hmm. tenure at LSU is if he's able to bring the same intensity to the Troys of the world as he is for you know playing Bama close or beating right. Miami um, at their second home, but. Yeah, I think Auburn's going to be too tough, especially at home. Um, They will have to figure out a way to slow down Nick Brissett, who is having a monster year uh, so far, but I just just don't see LSU having an answer to Stidham.
1: Yeah, and, and Auburn has a really good secondary too, so they can go straight man coverage and force guys like Jefferson to make plays.
0: Yeah, I, I'm just I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the confirmation bias game with Joe Burrow. This could be it. Um, yes. Because I know, I know an awful game is looming out there uh, where I can just ignore every other outing, be like, this is it. This is what we expected. But yeah, I mean, if if LSU somehow pulls off a win here, then they'll uh, they'll officially be for real. Yeah, and
1: it and it'll be tough to watch them throughout the rest of the year because. It would almost feel like they've got a game, like the letdown game is coming, because they haven't had it yet against yeah. two huge opponents.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, there's always Alabama. They've yes, get a lot of heartbreak associated there. <laughs> um, so, this is uh, this is the other unofficial uh, team that I am I'm rooting for, along with Arizona State, i not actual teams I'm a fan of, but Boise State. Going to Oklahoma State. Boise State, truly week one, was supposed to be like the battle of the top mm-hmm. two uh, group of five teams. Blew them out of the water. Yeah, Rolled blood up bath. over 800 yards on UConn last week. Um, Oklahoma State, no offensive slouch either. Um, going to be in Big 12 country. Who do, you, uh, who do you like in here?
1: I'm going Boise. I don't buy into Oklahoma State. I love Mike Gundy. I think it's a tough place to play, but I don't think it's an SEC like a, a Kyle Field or Jordan Hare or anything like that where you get a massive advantage from playing at Boone T. Pickens Field or whatever they call it.
0: No, I, I mean, when I think of Oklahoma State, I think of, like, noon kickoffs. Yes. Like there's, there's, been, there's been a couple big games there, certainly, um, when they've had, like... Des or uh, Blackman, but yep. like that's that's always the image that's seared into my skull. So it doesn't necessarily cultivate a uh, a very raucous and intimidating environment. Um, they are also replacing Rudolph and James Washington still, and although Cornelius to Wallace has been a uh, fairly good combination so far, it's not the same. Justice Hill, of course, is. Going to to do his thing and probably rack up another uh, first team All Big 12. But I mean, is Oklahoma State going to be that good defensively to slow down Boise? Right. I don't I don't think so. It's it a big 12 awesome. team.
1: I mean, I think the biggest thing here is you got to look at a, you got to look at Taylor Cornelius and see that he's played South Alabama and Missouri State and thrown three interceptions in those two games. I would risk a lot of my life to say that Boise State's defense is going to be a lot better than that. And compounding on that, they've got a really good offense that, like you said, put up over eight hundred yards against a shitty UConn team. But still, eight hundred yards Ugh. is nothing to scoff at.
0: That's that's hard. That's hard to do. Yeah, um, even for like an elite team against a scrub. Um, Stereotypically speaking, but also a fun fact I just read and did not fact check, but Boise is going for its 200th win since the year 2000, and they would be the first school to reach that mark wow. in the new millennium. Wow. So, consi- consistent, sustained excellence over there in Boise. Um, this would be uh, quite the way to put them over the top because right now, say Boise. UCF's a half step behind them but those are the two mm-hmm. playoff hopes at the moment for the group of five
1: yeah and and UCF's getting screwed over by the hurricane they're losing this game if it if it gets replayed I don't know what they'll do but uh if it doesn't there's a whole game that they don't get to play
0: yeah and I mean that's something to point out and also the uh kind of the, the prevailing notion from the talking heads and everyone like the fine bounds of the world was that, all right, it's was, it was a nice undefeated season. Let's see if you can do it again, and then maybe we'll consider you. Um, mm-hmm. So this already kind of kind of giving people an out. Uh, so it's upsetting for the uh, defending national champs, certainly. Uh, as recognized by <laughs> the PAA. Yeah, it's official now. Um, lastly, arguably the game of the week. Ohio State, TCU at Jerry World. Um, Ohio State's been dominant against shitty teams. So is TCU, honestly. Um, yeah. But it's it's still the, the last game with uh, interim head coach Ryan Day for Ohio State before Irvin Myers uh, suspension is lifted. Gary Patterson's still over there for TCU since the beginning of time. Do you like him here. I want I wanted T I
1: want TCU so bad, but I can't pick him. Sean Robinson just hasn't impressed me in his two starts so far. And replacing a guy like Kenny Trill is not an easy job, just given the name, but also the production he had on the field sometimes. Robinson hasn't even equaled the sometimes yet in terms of Kenny Hill's game. Their defense is good, not great. They they didn't look Stout against SMU last week. That could be, you know, blamed on the weather or the, the delays and all that that they had to go through. But Dwayne Haskins should have been starting over JT Barrett. There is no doubt in my mind that this guy is better and will be better in his career at Ohio State than JT Barrett was. No reason whatsoever. He's dominant last week against Rutger, who is terrible, but. Twenty of twenty three, two hundred and thirty three yards, four touchdowns. No matter who you're playing, is a good game.
0: They finally let Rutgers score this year, too. I know. Nice. They got a field goal. Um it's very hard to like judge these teams critically just based on who they've played. but nobody. So it's it's hard to truly identify any potential weak spots. Obviously, uh Ohio State's defensive line is Monstrous and could present a lot of issues, but even though TCU's defense might not be to the the same degree that it has been in years past under Gary Patterson, it still probably is the best in the Big Twelve, and mm-hmm. it's going to be far and away better than anything that Rutgers or Oregon State was able to throw at Ohio State. Definitely, I mean, even though Oregon State uh, just gave up practically eighty points to Ohio State, they still broke thirty of their own. So there are some. Uh, holes to be exposed there, and this feels like a classic Ohio State non-conference letdown game, not unlike playing Oklahoma last year. Obviously, nobody on TCU can bring you what Baker Mayfield does, but I also do think Ohio State last year was a more talented team than the current version. Um all building that up to say um Ryan Day is not going to hand the reins back over to Urban Meyer with a perfect record. I like TCU to uh pull uh-huh. off the upset. Look at
1: that. I I was waiting for where you were going. You leak Corso the hell out of me here.
0: Here's here's the other thing too. It's going to be in Texas. I don't know yeah. if TCU is going to have more fans there.
1: They probably will not. I I would almost much like uh my previous bet, I would almost bet most of my life that they, they would not.
0: Like, as I was about to say, this is a, a pseudo home game for TCU. It's like, wait a second. This is Ohio State. Like, no one, none of their fans have anything better to do than like going down to Jerry World and screaming like hell and petition
1: um, for Urban Meyer to.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the, yeah, they don't make the best decisions. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I like, uh, I like TCU to. To shock the world, win this one. Which, bear in mind, this is still a top fifteen team, but still be a pretty big upset.
1: Yeah, it. I think I think it would be poetic if Ohio State lost this game. It's like you wax the first two teams, and right as Urban Meyer is about to come back, and seemingly the Big Ten East is just falling apart at the seams, then Ohio State goes out and loses to TCU on the road. Like it's not a it's not a bad loss per se, but it's one that you can't afford. Like Less,
0: there's,
1: I lay, there's no good way to put it, but it's if you're if you're Ryan Day, you almost have to give Urban Meyer a three zero record, otherwise, you know it's it's bad news.
0: Yeah, I mean this is this is his audition basically for future jobs. Like yeah. nobody is going to walk away. And, or at least they shouldn't, from beating two teams that you very clearly have a huge talent advantage on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is like, it's it's at the very least a neutral site game uh, against a quality opponent. So, I mean, this is kind of his his proven moment. Ohio State's still, I think, clearly the more talented team, but it's not like going up against a Rutgers where these are all guys basically happy to be playing at a Power Five program. TCU still has some studs up and down their roster. Um, I think it's going to be close. I do think uh, Dwayne Haskins is the real deal. I mean, if anybody is a Joe Burrow guy, you have to admit that Dwayne Haskins is leaps and bounds better because, yeah. I mean, that's why Joe Burrow left. Right. But I still, like TCU. Just the audacity of
1: Rutgers, too. By the way, to start a freshman quarterback at Ohio State is insane.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I too am shocked that that did not go well. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's not like they're always uh, running over with an embarrassment of riches at the position. So it's a tough
1: spot because they got a Seton Hall guy as AD, and I want him to do well. I just. Don't want the athletic programs to do anything I mean, near success.
0: You gotta, you gotta root for him to do well somewhere else, man. Right. Somebody bigger has to come calling. Exactly. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna be football for Rutgers. No. Uh, yeah. Any other, uh, any other games next week you wanna, you wanna touch on?
1: Ah, uh, not off the top of my head. I know we've got three already postponed because of the hurricane. We won't get to see our guy Will Greer play North Carolina State, which would have been a matchup of two of the better quarterbacks in the country. Uh, Virginia Tech doesn't get to host world beaters East Carolina who beat North Carolina last week. That's actually, this is what I want to talk about. And it comes full circle because the last game is Central Florida and North Carolina. How is Larry Fedora not fired? He lost 41-19 to to East Carolina. East Carolina and UTEP have been like the two worst teams since Eastern Michigan passed off the torch six years ago-ish?
0: I mean, maybe, maybe, they're just doing the, maybe they're just doing the Kansas football strategy of giving them a week. You know, could have fired David Beattie after uh, Nichols State, but now look at this resounding victory over world-beater Central Michigan. Oh, my God. Just backing everybody's good graces.
1: They, I, It's I, – I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Like, North Carolina is – very bad since
0: Trubisky
1: left. Yeah, I even like. But, I, like I don't know what else t- there is to do. Like he he had a good season, good two seasons, and then they had a couple shitty ones, and then they had uh, Hakeem Nicks for a little while, and he was pretty good. And then it was all the selling memorabilia or whatever shit that went down. And I don't, I just don't understand North
0: Carolina football at all. I don't know. maybe they've again this is Gildeck the Kansas comparison, but maybe they've just kind of embraced we're a basketball school. Who cares? Um, but yeah, you would think it at a certain point because it's not like he's doing himself any favors with anything he's he's saying to the media, um, pretty much since before the season started. So I yeah, it's uh it's not looking good. I don't I don't really see an ACC team out there who they can beat?
1: No, absolutely not. I don't even like, I struggle to find other teams that they can beat. Yeah, I know they've got some guys suspended, but this is a power five school. This is an ACC school. You should be able to find talent. North Carolina has so much talent in the state and in the region. Like, go out and find a guy. It's very similar to Texas Tech not being able to feel the defense.
0: There's just no good linebackers in the state of Texas. That's so a, real, a fact. It's a shame. It's real, it's real tough break.
1: You hate to see so it.
0: That's that's the way it is. Um, yeah, my Hoosiers are two and zero. Yeah, making up. Uh, got a feel for Jordan Howard. He uh, apparently does not know what it's like to be at a winning program anymore. Very um, sad. But, yeah, you hate to see it. Uh, they've got Ball State this week after Notre Dame. Um. Didn't beat them by that much, so a little yeah. terrified. Ball so, State plus plus thirty-five
1: was the easiest money in the world. You knew Notre Dame, I mean, no, especially a Brian Kelly team, would come back out of that and just play like shit. Yeah, that was,
0: that was a disgusting line. Um, but yeah, good uh, good button week. How did you fare over on the, uh, the show with Phillips?
1: Very good. Very good week. Uh, I think I was 11 or 12 and 4. And one of those four losses was Savannah State plus sixty-one that I put in <laughs> just because I had to. I saw a sixty-one point line and I could not take it.
0: That was that was Miami, right? Yeah. Auburn did not cover theirs. No. I was they were like they answer. were like sixty-three. Yep. It was like, dude, I I saw somebody post about those and like those are fake, but that, that can't be real. It was uh I mean it it's it's been
1: a good year. Fourteen and six last week that's including the NFL games so i was 12 11 and 4 so i was right i think but yeah it's it's one of those like some of these lines vegas is still figuring things out and i for the first time ever feel like i have a jump on what they know <laughs> yeah. like unlv going against utep was only a 20 point spread and utep lost by 20 at home to Northern Arizona, and UNLV just put up 300 yards rushing on USC. That felt like an easy one to me, and sure yeah. enough, it was.
0: Chances are a lot of the uh, odds makers do not follow as much niche college football as we do. Yeah, so. Stunning. And, I mean, uh, so they make well them listen at this point, right? I mean, they want to make money. They yeah. seem to be uh, just sending out free winners. Um, but Pretty much the show for this week. Uh, we will we will be back again next week to see if the uh, the Fighting Herms are still ranked in the top twenty five, which is incredible that we're saying this two weeks into the season. Um, we'll see if Boise State is still the the great group of five hope for the playoff, and we'll see if Coach O is uh, is himself or is if he is just going to be national title bound. Go Tigers!